shady green pastures So rich and so sweet God leads his dear children along Where the waters cool flow Bays the weary one's feet God leads his dear children along Some through the water Some through the flood Some through the fire But all through the blood And some through great sorrow But God gives the song In the night season and all the day long Sometimes on the mound where The sun shines so bright God leads his dear children along Sometimes in the valley In darkest of night God leads his dear children along Though sorrows befall us and Satan oppose, God leads his dear children along. Through grace we can conquer, defeat all our foes. God leads his dear children along. Some through the water. Some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives the song in the night season and all the day. So a few weeks ago when I was preparing for this morning, that song was mentioned in some of the resources I looked at and I thought it was a poem initially and I'm into poetry and so I put it down to read to you and then it occurred to me poems don't usually have things like a, re a recurring line like that. So I thought, I'll have a look, and I Googled it, and sure enough, it was a song, and I found that video, Troy. That's actually the one I liked. And um, so we decided to put it in at the beginning. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you that we can know that you're there with us in the green pastures, near the cool waters, that you're there when the sun shines and even in the valleys and the darkest times. Lord, thank you that we can know these things. And I just pray that this morning you'll speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we have a photo. I took this photo in June 2023. 
and it's at a place called Wallenbean, which I'd never heard of till I looked at the phone to look at the photo. Uh, and it's somewhere between Wombat and Cootamundra. And I believe I took it when Alison, our daughter, and I were going down to give our grand my granddaughter, Kira, some support. She was living in Wombat and was having a bit of problem at the time. So we went down to spend a few days with her and just to lift her up a little. But I took it, I took this photo because it made me recall Psalm 23. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Little did I know at that time that three years later I'd be here talking to our church about these very words. God knows before we even have a clue what we're going to be needing. And he has been in this Every day that, that since I've been asked to talk about these, these words, he has been in it right through the process. So my very first memory of Psalm 23 was when I was a little girl, about eight or nine years old. I belonged to our church's girls' group. It was called the Rays, which was the junior section of the Methodist Girls' Comradeship. And our leader was getting married and she asked for us girls to sing the 23rd Psalm at her wedding, which happened to be in the Lee Memorial Methodist Church at the time in Parramatta. I don't remember much about practising. I don't remember much about singing. But I remember being in awe of that amazing church, that beautiful building. I'd never seen anything like it before. Our little church at Toongabby was a little brick, just a little brick church, and that was the only church I'd known up until then. But also the thought of Jesus being my shepherd and being there to guide me throughout my life, it really impacted me on that day. Now, last week, Jeff spoke to us about the first verse of the psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He reminded us that we lack nothing, we are complete, we are full in Christ, we are everything we are supposed to be, we have fullness of life. And this week we're looking at verses 2 to 3a. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters, he restores my soul. And, of course, the wording may be different depending upon what version of the Bible you're reading. So, firstly, let's look at he makes me lie down in green pastures. The NLT says he lets me rest in green meadows, but I think I prefer green pastures myself. Well, I decided that my first step should be to investigate what this verse might mean in light of actual sheep. So I began by investigating sheep and finding some facts in various places, including the internet, of course, but a lot of books. I'm so amazed at some of the sheep facts I've discovered while preparing for this morning. Now, contrary, oh, it's over there. contrary to popular belief, sheep are not dumb. Now, some dispute this, but the overwhelming evidence I found was that most sheep experts believe sheep are quite smart. They're not dumb. But sheep have no sense of direction. They have no ability to care for themselves. That's domestic sheep, of course. Sheep are easily frightened by the slightest disturbance. But most importantly to me, according to W. Philip Keller in the book A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, sheep will not lie down 
unless four requirements are met. They need to be free of all fear. They need to be free of friction with others of their kind. And if tormented by flies or other parasites, sheep will not lie down. Only when free of those pests can they relax. And lastly, sheep will not lie down as long as they feel in need of finding food. They must be free from hunger. So basically, sheep will only lie down when they can do so with a sense of peace and contentment. So David, being a shepherd, would know these things about sheep. And when he says that the Lord makes him lie down in green pastures, could he perhaps just be saying the Lord brings him peace and contentment? Our youngest son, Philip, when he found out I was preparing this talk, he said to me, have you ever noticed how sheep and cattle in a field always look calm and contented? I think that's because they know the farmer will make sure they are safe and have everything they need. And I said to him, I'm using that. He hit the nail on the head without really meaning to. But where does our peace and contentment come from? The contentment and the peace that we can see in this line of the psalm. So let's look at peace. Because I, don't, if, I believe if we don't have peace, we won't have contentment. I'm willing to be corrected on that, but that's what I believe. In John 14, Jesus says, I am leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give so don't be troubled or afraid. The dictionary defines peace as freedom from disturbance, tranquility, calmness, restfulness, peace and quiet and then there's the other peace which is free freedom from war or the end of a war. But today I want to talk about the first peace the more personal definition and the peace with or from God. Reverend Chris Walker says in his book, Peace Like a Diamond, peace is not just an ideal to be worked for, it is also something to be lived. We need to be people of peace as well as strive for peace in the world. I also like Chris's picture of peace as being like a diamond. It has facets just like a diamond. He says the facets of peace are peace with God, peace with oneself, peace with others, peace in society and peace with the environment. How do we find peace or rest in these green pastures God has provided for us? By living close to God, by dwelling in his word, studying, learning and meditating on what the scriptures say by sharing fellowship with other believers to be encouraged and to encourage others. We need to make time every day to dwell in God's word. Deuteronomy 8 says, people do not live by bread alone, rather we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And Jesus used these very words in reply to temptation when the spirit led him into the desert and he was hungry. If we follow his example, we too can be ready with our defence when the temptation to despair or stray comes along. Ephesians 6, the familiar verse, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We can then know peace from God by knowing his word. It will be our defence against the things which threaten to take away our peace. 
In the psalm, David is acknowledging that with all the stresses and pressures of everyday life, God causes him to lie down in green pastures, the choicest place where sheep can graze. God gives him peace and contentment no matter what is going on in his life. Let's say these green pastures represent the word of God. The scripture is full of life-giving nutrients and nourishment for our soul. The truths found in our Bible are always fresh, never withered, never withered or wilted. It's this spiritual food that will bring us the inward strength and satisfaction and peace that we need and desire. If you are a believer, if you are one of his sheep, God is at work in your life and creating in you a desire and a hunger for his word. Galatians 5 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. Philippians 4 Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The shepherd does not give rest to his sheep by ridding the world of dangers or difficulties, but the sheep can rest because they know the shepherd is in view. His presence gives them rest. I'll just take a sip of water. The next part we're going to look at is he leads me by the still waters. That's better. Okay, so he leads me beside the still waters or he leads me beside peaceful streams. Sheep like still water because if they get into fast running water, they will most probably be unable to get out due to the weight of their wool. That's logical. In fact, they'll probably drown. Contrary to many people's belief, sheep are not afraid of water. Sheep will enter water if they have to cross it to get food, if the lady sheep is on the other side, if they're led to the water by the shepherd, if driven by the dog into the water, or if trying to escape danger or predators. When we speak about drinking from the water provided by the Lord, we can interpret that as saying we are taking in or accepting or believing. In other words, a person is accepting and assimilating the very life of God in Christ so that it becomes an integral part of that person. The trouble is, as humans, some of us longing for this spiritual thirst to be quenched are unsure where it can be found and may turn to false gods, religious practices, or the things of this world to try and find that satisfaction. They could be said to be drinking from a spoiled, dirty, foul water source to try and satisfy their their need for fulfilment. Keller says, all the long and complex history of Earth's religions, pagan worship and human philosophy is bound up with this insatiable thirst for God. David, when he composed Psalm 23, knew this. Looking at life from the standpoint of a sheep, he wrote, He, the good shepherd, leads me beside the still waters. Generally speaking, water for the sheep came from three main sources, dew on the grass, deep wells or springs and streams. We all know what dew is, a clear, clean, pure source of water. 
The good shepherd makes sure his sheep can benefit from this pure source of water by making sure his sheep can be out grazing early in the morning on this dewy grass. As Christians, it's often advised that we take, make the effort to rise early so that we can spend time with the Lord in the quiet of the morning in the, uh, before the busyness of the day closes in and takes over. By doing so, we are taking advantage of this clear, clean, pure water as we drink in and feed on God's word. By doing so, we begin the day with our thirst quenched and our heart quietly satisfied. Keller describes the deep wells he saw in Africa thus. Some of these were enormous hand-hewn caverns cut from the sandstone formation along the sandy rivers. They were like a great room chiselled out of the rocks with ramps running down to the water trough at the bottom. The herds and flocks were led down into the deep cisterns where cool, clear, clean water awaited them. Can you picture that? The, the ramp going down into the rocks. The shepherd would be down the bottom, stripped naked and sweating profusely as he bailed the water to satisfy the flock. Keller notice, noted that everything hinged on the owner or the shepherd being diligent in his labour. To quote, only through his energy, his efforts, his sweat, his strength could the sheep be satisfied. As Christians, we too are dependent upon our shepherd to work for us in the dark, deep, dangerous and even disagreeable times of our life. He's very much at work in every situation. It is by his energy, effort and strength that we can benefit at those times. Only he can satisfy us. He can make sense and purpose and meaning come out of difficult situations. Again from Keller, we are the object of his special care and attention God invites us to allow ourselves to be led and guided by his own gracious spirit. In Matthew 5, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Or, you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. So many things can get in the way of drinking from the waters the Lord has provided for us. Our lives can become restless and fraught, but there is one who will lead us to the still water pools of, the re of refreshment, for he himself is the water of life, and he can provide peace for the soul. He is the sparkling well wellspring of comfort, and he gently leads us by his calm waters of stillness. We have a shepherd, a heavenly shepherd, who supplies all our needs, yet we still go on our way seeking out things which cannot satisfy us. When we go our own way, we are like sheep drinking from pools of foul water. The things of the world cannot satisfy our need for the peace, which can only come from the shepherd. We need to actively seek him every day so he can lead us to a permanent place of peace and prepare us for his work. Only then can we experience the power able to quench and satisfy our thirst for him. Are you feeding on the word of God? Are you drinking from his well? Make time in the hustle and bustle of every day to delve into the scriptures. Hunger for it, read it, study it, memorise it, meditate upon it, chew on it, devour it, consume it, and it will satisfy and strengthen you in your faith. Are you following the leading of God? Where do you usually go to find peace? 
Have you actually got a place you love to go to find peace and solitude? It's a wonderful great and great gift of God to give us his peace. It is like drinking from a fresh sparkling spring which never dries up. And whatever turmoil we might be experiencing, his peace is greater. Try to understand how deep his fresh spring runs. Lasting peace and joy does not come in the world or people around you. It comes from the comforting, true, transforming and powerful word of the Father. And he loves when we come to his spring. Drink time. So he restores my soul or he renews my strength. Did you know that certain breeds of sheep are notorious for getting stuck on their back? W. Philip Keller says that if they find themselves on their back, they're unable to get back on their feet and will just have to lie there on their back on the ground, legs flailing, perhaps bleating piteously until the shepherd comes to put them right or they die. They can become fodder for birds of prey, dogs and so on. They are easy prey and this situation is called cast. Likewise, we sometimes find ourselves feeling abandoned or dejected as though our soul has landed us on our back. We need the shepherd to turn up and put us to right again. Otherwise, we become easy prey for predators looking to steal our faith and our peace. The shepherd, when working on the cast sheep, will talk gently to it. When will you learn to stand on your own feet? I'm so glad I found you in time. Likewise, the Lord comes to us as to Elijah with his still small voice. In Proverbs 3, we read, listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Isaiah 30, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. 1 Samuel 3, so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Matthew 6, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. David, a most imperfect man, was called in Samuel and Acts, a man after God's own heart. And he knew what it was to be cast down and dejected. He had experienced defeat in his life and felt the frustration of having fallen under temptation. He knew the experience of bitterness, of hopelessness and knew what it was to be drained of strength. Maybe you find it hard to rest. There's a problem you need to solve. There's an overwhelming challenge you face. You battle many fears. Your mind will not rest. How am I going to get through this? You lie awake at night going over and over all that's happened and all that could happen. You need rest, but you don't know how to find it. David had been there. It's clear from this psalm and from others. For example, Psalm 42 why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my saviour and my God. 
So is the answer in praising God? I remember one day at our old house, I was feeling a little down. I decided to leave the housework till later and have a tinker on my keyboard. It was a lovely day outside, so I put the keyboard on the kitchen bench by the back door and sat down to play. I played a song called For You Deep Stillness. Some of you may have heard it. But the words go, For you, deep stillness of the silent inland. For you, deep blue of the desert skies. For you, flame red of the rocks and stones. For you, sweet water from hidden springs. From the edges, seek the heartlands, and when you're burnt by the journey, may the cool winds of the hovering spirit soothe and replenish you in the name of Christ, in the name of Christ, in the name of Christ. Well, just as I played the line, may the cool winds of the hovering spirit soothe and replenish you, a lovely refreshing breeze blew in through the door. Here I go. Washing over me in the most amazing way. As you can see, it's very emotional for me, even there. I felt that God was saying, here I am, I'm right here with you. I'm so glad I found you in time. When will you learn to lean on me in every circumstance? You know, there was nothing very dramatic happening in my life at that time. I just felt down. But God knew. He came to me in the breeze. So he comes to us in the minor things as well as in the most dramatic things we can experience He restores our soul. I've got a little book at home called 15 Minutes Alone with God by Emily Barnes and she quotes a paraphrase by Dr Dick Dickerson of 1 Corinthians 13. Now it's a bit long but I'd like to share it with you. Because God loves me, he's slow to lose patience with me. Because God loves me, he takes the circumstances of my life and uses them in a constructive way for my growth. Because God loves me, he does not treat me as an object to be possessed and manipulated. Because God loves me, he does not treat me as an object to be possessed. I read that. Because God loves me, he has no need to impress me with how great and powerful he is because he is God. Nor does he belittle me as his child in order to show me how important he is. Because God loves me, he is for me. He wants me to mature and develop in his love. Because God loves me, he does not send down his wrath on every little mistake I make, of which there are many. Because God loves me, he does not keep score of all my sins and then beat me over the head with them whenever he gets a chance. Because God loves me, he is deeply grieved when I do not walk in the ways that please him because he sees this as evidence that I don't trust him and love him as I should. Because God loves me, he rejoices when I experience his power and strength and stand up under the pressure of life for his name's sake. Because God loves me, he keeps working patiently with me, even when I feel like giving up and can't see why he doesn't give up with me too. Because God loves me, he keeps on trusting me when at times I don't even trust myself. Because God loves me, he never says there is no hope for me. Rather, he patiently works with me, loves me and disciplines me in such a way that it is hard for me to understand the depth of his concern for me. 
Because God loves me, he never forsakes me, even though many of my friends might. I found some good tips for restoring your soul. Read the Psalms. Meditate on scripture. Read that book you've been meaning to get to. And I like this one especially. Write your worries on the sand, in the sand on the beach because what's going to happen? The water will come and wash them away. Join a Bible study or connect group. Listen to your favourite music. Find a place where you can experience some solitude and spend time with God. Our good shepherd knows when his sheep need green pastures and he knows when his sheep need still waters. The good shepherd knows when there is a need for restoration. So you can be sure the Lord is leading you into green pastures where he will feed you generously with nourishment from his word. He will lead you beside still waters to give you his peace in the midst of difficult times. But we should not wait for difficult times to occur before we come to him. If we make a habit of benefiting from his green pastures in the good times, we will be armed and ready when difficulties come along. If you've been neglecting God's green pastures and his still waters, decide now to set aside more time with the Lord. If you've strayed from his path and things have been getting you down, ask the Lord to restore your soul and let him bring you back into line again. Listen for his voice and follow him to the green pastures and still waters he has available for you. Listen to his voice and follow him in the paths which will feed and water your soul and glorify his name. Let's pray. Lord, sometimes it's hard to rest in you to find the peace we so desire. But thank you for being our shepherd, our good, good shepherd. You're the one who leads us. You're the one who feeds us. You're the one who quenches our thirst with your word. You're the one who restores us in body and in soul when we feel depleted by what life throws at us. Thank you that you know when we need the nourishment of your word. Thank you that you know when we need to just rest in you. Help us to recognise that need in ourselves. Thank you, Father, for choosing only the best pastures for us to rest in. Thank you for quenching our thirst with fresh, quiet waters when we need that in our lives. Help us, Lord, to be willing to rest in you. Help us to find the peace you offer freely to us all. Help us to look to you, to listen to your voice and follow your leading. And as we rest in you, deeply restore our soul and reignite our passion for following you wholeheartedly. In Jesus' name, amen.